0: Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John, and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher.
1: We're back, another we week.
0: back. More games played. The relentless march of time, grinding like the mill of eternity and making the wheat of something or other. Ennui, maybe. I'm yeah. oh, not very good with metaphors, let's I've
1: got to rant later about the, one yeah. of the worst games I've ever played.
0: Okay, that sounds good, I like, I like yeah. those. I think they're good. Um, was it you in the end, the Doctor Who thing? No. No? Uh, no, never mind. Yeah, totally. To <laughs> uh, oh, let's crack right on then. I'm going to do static group roundup. Okay. Yeah, it's I cool. like
1: these. These give us material for weeks on the video.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's games I'm playing and 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 things and stuff. And uh, Monday is Guild Wars. Guild Wars One, uh, which is still going. Yes. And it's, it's we we were we were on the final straight. We were like you know marching, you know, get, charging along the the mall or whatever it is, yeah. with all the flags and ticker tape and stuff. And there was the ribbon, and then suddenly, paf! Straight into a cliff, straight into a, a brick wall of of insane difficulty. We are stuck on Eye of the North, which the the. Um, the Slaver's Exile dungeon, which is the game's only elite dungeon, it's about oh, the nearest okay. the game comes to raiding in the conventional sense. So That's that, fun. Although your team is still eight, uh, you, are, you are still allowed to take heroes and henchmen and stuff with you. Um, and yeah, it's it's a very difficult place. I mean, it's it comes in, there's four different wings. Uh, you do three of them to get access to the fourth bit or fifth bit or whichever. And at the end of that is this Stone Summit dwarf, they're like evil dwarf people, ritualist, called Duncan the Black, who is... I I don't know, there was some... Duncan. Duncan, yes, yes. Duncan. I didn't write it I just work here yeah. but um, Duncan I don't know what even the plot is something something evil dwarf something magic
1: kill dwarf kill, kill dwarf. magic
0: yeah exactly Um so you've got this group the enemy faction group called the Stone Summit or all evil dwarfs they come in in very with either north. they come in dual classes which typically most stuff doesn't in the game okay they're, so in the same same sense that players have, have a sort of synergistic build of two different uh, professions at the same time so do a lot of these things they're very difficult. They come in groups of, I think, eight to twelve, yeah. um, and they have—they all have resurrect skills. I think that, I think we identified about twelve to fifteen different enemy types that go to make the composition of these groups of eight. And each, and you know, the wiki's got full documentation of what their skill bars are and how to deal with them and stuff. And pretty much, I think only four out of the 15 or so do not have a res. Yeah. Which means you're killing them, and they're just coming straight back up like bubbles under wallpaper. It's an absolute nightmare. Some of them have got, I think, four, four of the particular class enemy types that come at you have reusable resurrects, which means they can just spam them during combat. You've really got to nail them and lock them down, and it's, it's, it's this interlocking combo of being able to crowd control them and stop them their massive healing and resurrect skills, but also doing enough damage at the same time to be able to kill them in the first place, because they're all pretty resilient with their own, each of the different classes' own survival and heal skills extremely in play. And to cap all that, is a lot of these groups in this section have pop-up Ghosts that join in as well when that you when nice. you open fire That's on them, friendly. yeah. And these these ghosts are touch necros. They run around, to touch um, touch drain healthing and stuff. And it's just a nightmare. Um, we had, we, you know, we rocked up in there. We thought, oh, right, you know, this, how how can this be? We've done all right on hard mode dungeons throughout the entire rest of the Eye of the North expansion because this is what we need yeah. to do to fill in this this last <laughs> what I thought was <laughs> the last progress bar. You know, so I can see the end. You know, the end of like 10, 12, 15 years of uh, struggle. And well it's not necessarily struggle, I have enjoyed it, otherwise I'd be keep playing. But to tick the box, to mark it complete to 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 my own satisfaction, we need to finish this dungeon. So ah oh, we went in there, I think it's me, Toe Rag, and Multi and and a variety of heroes and henchmen that have usually done us very well in all the dungeons we've tried up to now. And yeah, we just got absolutely face rolled. We got got, maybe two groups in before we got minus 60 data there for just repeated deaths. It's an absolute nightmare. They're they're so resilient and and sort of self contained. It's almost like an example of, you know, how in game design. The trick is not making enemies that are difficult enough, but making enemies that are easy enough to be beaten by a human opponent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to sort of start hobbling them and, and you know giving them skill bars that aren't that great and stuff. Because if you take take the brakes off and let them use the, the the mechanics that you give to the players to the utmost of their ability, they will absolutely kick your yeah. ass. And this is an example of that. They've got an incredibly well designed team build. They've got about eight or nine levels on us as players. So these, these creatures are all level 28 or whatever, which, and that means they have an appropriately scaled uh, um, ability points, which then feeds into their own skills that they use. A lot of the skills in Guild Wars have a number in green in the tooltip <laughs> text, and that number gets bigger the more attribute points you put into its linked attribute. But we can only cap that at about 20 points or so. Well, t- yeah, typically, no, typically you can get about... Thirteen or fourteen points with runes and so on. These these creatures are typically running around with like twenty five points in the relevant skills, which means that the the abilities they're using on us, which are the same abilities we can use, work about twice as effectively. That's I suppose. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It really is an uphill battle, um, and they are it is really stacked against us. It is about the hardest I've ever come across in Guild Wars One. This this elite dungeon, and yeah, it is the pinnacle of the expansion content. So you know that is supposed to be the hardest stuff in the game, but we're having real trouble <laughs> breaking the back of it, we, we sometimes manage to kill a group, so we've done we've been we've been going at this for about 3 or 4 weeks now and it's, it's become a bit of a, an obsession and a bit of a, right, well we will do this because it'll be a shame to stop, right, you know, it's the sunk cost thing isn't yeah. it, you know, you've gotten all the way 95% of the way there, you don't want to stop and just give up then, but the last 5% has proven to be really, really hard work so, yeah, we spent a week um, just sort of trying our normal stuff and face, you know, just charging into it and getting stomped, then we went away and thought, right this is the beginning of a whole new phase of guilt was where we're going to have to try and learn count you know build for the task and learn skills to counter these stuff and we went away the last five minutes we spent the whole week rebuilding the team, including ourselves, to do jobs that we don't normally do. I ended up with a skill bar I totally didn't understand and were not used to. It's like imagine any normal MMO endgame raiding where you got like, you know, your 20 man raid or whatever, and everyone's got their job. They are, you know, and you've picked the people from your guild who are, you know, best at tanking and the best DPSs from the guild and so on and put them in the roles and stuff. And then imagine one week you turn around and said, right, all of you DPS people, you can do the healing, and all you healers, you can do the tanking. You know, just suddenly. Yeah just swapping entirely what the role is. It's what that felt like. I had no idea about the timing and the rhythm and the flow of my skill bar, the one I've been using for, you know, on and off for a couple of years without really changing it significantly. Suddenly having to try and move myself from, from Domination, Mesmer, d- DPS type stuff down to reactive crowd control and, and, and sort of de- removing debuffs, as it were, from my own team. And it was, just, it was just a nightmare. The other two had similar problems with the sudden roles that they were trying to suddenly achieve you <sighs> This is all off the back of let's go away and look at the wiki. You yeah. know, it's the oh god, we're stuck. Right, let's find. You know, lacking any kind of self confidence in my own ability of this stuff. <laughs> you know, I've been only been playing Guild Wars for eighteen years or something stupid like that. I have thought, right, well, let's go and find out what the experts say. So I went off to Guild Wars wiki and looked in the discussion page for the dungeon and so on, and there were various people talking stuff about various you know strategies and things. And there's one quite large block of text in there. I forget the chap's name now, but it, it basically laid out how he did it, and he's doing it as a single player with seven heroes okay. rather than three players and five heroes. So He's makes,
1: removing the human ability. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, you could, the only way to remove it further is to just send eight heroes in and not I bother, like <laughs> not bother playing at all, which is, you know, we really wish we could do at one point. But um, and it was all sorts of weird quirks and tricks. The uh, you'd have a team build that it's this the typical thing. You 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 so dis, you so specifically focus on killing the boss that you can't get to the boss because the stuff you have to get through <laughs> to get to the boss involves different yeah. challenges. So, uh so we we you know, ran around assembling this 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 you know one 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 team build should do it all type thing, and and two of the NPC roles would have to be picked up by by two of us, which is difficult and tricky because the NPCs are good at timing but bad at judgment. Yeah. yeah. So, so the heroes and henchmen are absolutely on the nail Interrupting incoming enemy casting But are really bad at choosing which things to interrupt It's that, <laughs> that kind of thing yeah. So if you can build you, you build NPC heroes to be able to spam interrupts And it doesn't matter what they hit As long as they just bring down Say 50% of all incoming hostile spells Don't get cast Because the, the NPCs are just spamming interrupts So it's fine But if the enemy has one particular nuke That must not be cast That's where you need a player to be doing it Because the player can watch the little bar charging up when you target the enemies and so on, you, you're much more better at judging what needs to happen when, whereas NPCs can't do that very well. So they're, they're fast, but we're clever, and it's there's a different combination of, of, of roles that are, are then used. Oh, it's a right old nightmare. We spent about a whole week just trying this this terrible build, and we didn't get anywhere. I think we had trouble getting to the dungeon with the first <laughs> refinement of it. We couldn't even get in, get to the doorway. And it was just... and We you know, we came away from the end of that, and so the week after that, we decided, right, yeah, sold this for a game of soldiers. Let's just load up our normal one size fits all team build and we'll have another go. And we got much further. I mean we're still having trouble. Still still haven't quite cracked it. But it just shows that just suddenly trying to pick the solution off the internet doesn't necessarily help because there's Networking a lot more. Never helps. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. There's 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 the rhythm of it, your own rotation. The, it's like a subconscious rhythm, which buttons are used yeah. in what order, what targets um, I'm usually responsible for. I'm usually the one with all the heroes attached to me, and the other two are independents and don't have any heroes on them, which means they get a lot more freedom of movement. Whereas I have, I can't really go and pull because I've got the whole team. Automatically follow me all the time. I could flag, but never been much good at that. So we've—I don't know—we—we—I we, think that. Well, for starters, the lesson there is trust your own instincts. You know, I mean, we've been playing this a long time. We know how to use our own skill bars and classes. Those skill bars and classes are, are not quite optimal for what we need to do for this dungeon. We need to up our game in some fashion there. But it's going to be tweaks and refinements. Maybe swap one skill in and out here and there specifically for these particular things. Not completely rebuild the entire team yeah. in an unfamiliar manner and then rock up there and just get stomped again. So, so yeah, um, it's proven to be quite challenging. I mean, I you know, just when I thought I was out, <laughs> just when I thought it was nearly over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: it's the problem. You never get optimistic.
0: Well, it's one dungeon. I mean, uh, uh, and they're consumable sets. They're they're moderate. they're not trivial in terms of cost. You have to burn skill points to actually use to, to use them, and, and they cost a fair bit of money. But that you, there are sort of half-hour buffs to pretty much all the stats team-wide, which we could use. But those are the sort of thing you want to use if you feel you haven't quite got enough. Yeah. Not if you've completely barking up the wrong tree. That it'd be an absolute waste to just burn... <laughs> yeah. It's the last couple of percent, not yeah, the exactly. other 90. Yeah. If it looks like what we're doing more or less works, then then we start piling those on but it's a big waste of resources to just chomp them you know if you haven't got a clue what you're doing anyway so yeah it's it's it's, we find ourselves now in you know out of the entire game we're now down to one dungeon with perhaps four or five groups of yard trash and the boss at the end and we're having to learn those specific enemies very very closely we have beaten them we've gotten one or two groups in but it's just their continual uh, well they've got very powerful um sort of chain healing keeping them going yeah. which mean, which is going to facilitate us needing to split our damage across targets because if we ah. all pile our damage onto one thing they can easily out heal yeah. our outgoing DPS so we need to be able to split is what they call it um, also spiking which is basically something that all human teams do very well if you've got voice chat because you all just go three, two, one, bang and everyone hits their big nuke on the same target at once and bam it's gone I mean typically creatures in Guild Wars don't have enough hit points <laughs> to withstand all eight players hitting their big nuke on the same target once, it should just wipe them completely out. But then, you know, they immediately get rezzed. And so you have them to work through a large number of one-shot reses plus a couple of reusable reses. So it's knowing which particular enemy type is the one that's going to be doing the fast rezzing and which ones you will only get... Because you can, Resurrection comes in two types in Guild Wars. You've got a, 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 a Resurrection Signet type skill, which you can only use once, and then it gets recharged when you kill an enemy boss. Okay. Uh, or you've got a reusable one, which is limited to certain classes, and those, yeah, you just keep using them like yeah. any other spell... So, but they only certain classes can do them. So you need to be able to identify who's got what and when, and basically start to really gain a full appreciation of what each of what of, each of the enemies. It's almost like a kind of PvP arena type situation coming up. I mean, these teams of of NPC enemies in there are very powerful, you know, unfairly so. They've got boosted stats and everything, and very very clever interlocking, well synergizing team builds, and we're going to have to learn to beat them. Yeah. Which is very much the PvP aspect of Guild Wars. Certainly, that's what it always was. Is you know learning the meta and trying to counter what the enemy team's doing. They're not just you know wandering mobs in in an MMO. They are they are well. T- I mean pretty much all the way through Guild Wars 1 the design of the enemies is they come in groups with interlocking skills and are designed to be thought of as a kind of pvp battle yeah. against npcs and that's that's really exaggerated in this last dungeon so we're going to keep going i don't want to give up i don't want to you know i mean it's I, I felt like rage quitting a number of times it, it is very frustrating but and i don't to be honest deal with losing very well (laughs) so perhaps there's some perhaps there's lessons to be learned there as well but we're going to keep at it i think until until everyone gets utterly fed up with it and you know if it turns out we just can't do it but I'm, i'm hopeful there's things we can try there's there's the enemies we can learn so that we become instinctively, you know, know exactly from the name, you know, Stone Summit Dispoiler, Stone Summit Cleaver, and so on. These names mean stuff. You know? Yeah, They'll, each of those implies a specific t- uh, skill bar, which are full of skills we should learn and work out which are the dangerous ones and how to counter them. Um, it is how you're supposed to play guild wars, you know. I mean, we've sort of overpowered it just by you know, face rolling our way through with, with just very practiced damage builds, and, and that might not be the thing for this. So, yeah, surprising new lease of life uh, for Guild Wars 1. Oh, well. I got a feeling once we do crack this and kill that end boss, I will be taking a very long holiday from that game. It's nice that you believe that. Well, I don't know. There's nothing else after that. It's nice that you believe that. It's just PvP after that, and I've never really been that interested in PvP in Guild Wars, so... Uh, I'll be looking forward to, to going on holiday for it, <laughs> from it for a bit. But yeah, there you go. Guild Wars still going. Um, hmm. <laughs> for, for quite a while longer, I imagine. Mm, forever. Ever yeah. and ever and ever. Oh, and ever. maybe. Anyway, you're, over to you.
1: Okay. This month on um, Xbox Games with Gold, mm. they put the odd choice of Kane and Lynch 2 Dog Days or
0: whatever it's called. Oh.
1: Uh, on as the uh, one of the free games.
0: I remember vaguely that causing a bit of a stink of because of how the advertising of it all. Like, they managed to buy off a lot of review magazines or something. We don't talk about that. Mm, um,
1: this is a game which is basically a co-op third-person shooter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is why I've been playing it, um, which is good. Um, uh, in which you are either Kane and or Lynch,
0: <laughs> who are interchangeable,
1: who are the. Uh, what you get when you give a bad scriptwriter uh, the task of could you write somebody a bit disreputable and edgy?
0: Oh, see, they sound to me like a, a, a pair of wacky Nintendo characters, one of whom is a robot. I don't know. Am I thinking of Ratchet and Clank? You're thinking of yes, Ratchet and Clank? Yes. That, that'd be
1: way better. But, <laughs> yeah.
0: They don't sound like gritty, hard-nailed Yeah, like, cops uh,
1: they're, they're, they're criminals who go around being nasty and doing nasty things and saying nasty things. Right. And they look a bit disreputable. With, one of them is boarding with long, lanky hair and things. And mm. yeah. It's basically every cliche you could imagine right yeah, yeah uh the game itself is a 360 game so it doesn't look that great but in order to get around the uh, not looking that great they've had the brilliant idea of putting a filter over everything so it looks like it's recorded on a mobile phone uh,
0: right, now it okay. looks
1: like it's recorded on a mobile phone that never ever existed <laughs> there was never ever a mobile phone that bad it's got compression artifacts all over the shop. It can't handle bright lights properly. Any bright oh. light gets the multiple reflections on the different lenses. Mm. All of those things. And this and is it, like a
0: post filter going on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it just makes it look awful I remember, to the point where you're not quite sure what's going
0: on. Just cause two had something like that, which you, it was a film I, grain. Yeah, and I found I just found it quite irritating. Turned it off, and that was that. Yeah,
1: yeah. This doesn't let you turn it off, oh, and God. it is really bad it's, it's so bad that it makes you not be able to tell what's going on sometimes oh there's one bit where there's a massive explosion mm. and then so the screen all breaks up goes yanky and the sound goes wonky for ages afterwards and you're thinking has this crashed or <laughs> has this gone wrong That's or always bad. have they put tell. this to make it see if it's gone wrong or have they put this over the top to have cover the fact that they couldn't make this not go wrong mm. it, yeah it, yeah doesn't sound good but it would It, would, it would all be okay if the gameplay was good right yes yeah
0: no it's not uh. <laughs> sounds like you're not really enjoying it to be honest.
1: Oh, no, it's terrible. Hmm. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. Um The shooting is very light. All the enemies are bullet sponges unless you uh, rank up the weapons as you go along. So you've oh, got to use the right weapons. elements Well no, not ranking up that way. You've got to be you've got to be using the weapons that they're using, not the weapons that you thought to bring along to the fight.
0: Um Okay. Because the
1: weapons you bring along to the fight are all useless and will take hundred shots to kill someone. Uh, but if you use something which has, say, one of the uh, policeman's guns, mm. you'll kill the policeman a lot
0: easier. Uh, okay, they're only vulnerable to their own weapons? Well, no,
1: just they just take so little damage uh, from your normal mm, weapons that you I start see. with. Fair
0: enough. Uh, that's all a counterinsurgency, yeah. really, isn't it? Always use the weapons the enemy are using, because then you've got lots of ammo. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah but that's very true. There's a button to show you where it highlights on the UI where all of the throwing ammo is. Yeah. And it's usually where you're not hiding in cover.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Um, (laughs) this is like something to disguise morality tale about crime not paying don't be a criminal kids because it's really not enjoyable no we'd have to be clever for Uh, that
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, when you shoot someone it's got absolutely no feeling on the guns at all the guns don't feel heavy you can't really tell when you've hit someone it puts a little cross over them Mm. but yeah and then when you kill them they take so long to fall to the ground that you don't know if they're dead yet or you should empty the rest of your clip into them
0: oh yeah I see End up, end up with a sort of ammo scarcity problem because you're just massively overcompensating. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And then there's the bad guys themselves. Yeah. there There is a, I, I would say, a background level of uh, uh, racism in this game. Okay. Uh, which is being used to be edgy. Um, right. Because you've, you've got to be edgy.
0: Do
1: you? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, which goes up for the entire thing. But then you get the actual enemies who, you know, the ones who aren't just out and out, caricatures of uh races is yeah um, some of them are okay as enemies i mean the policemen are fine apart from the fact they send so many police after you yeah at what point do they run out of police and start sending the military
0: uh yeah yeah you do have to wonder at some of these games the scale of it all i mean the average police department of a large, major city is what a thousand people maybe
1: yeah, if that <laughs> if
0: that and you've gone through many many more than yeah. that yeah yeah you're talking National Guard at some yeah, it's point. It's when right? you've killed
1: 60 people in one level, yeah. and it's one of however many.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then I suppose, you know, suspension, disbelief, games, and so on. Mm. Yeah, but there's
1: only a couple of enemy types as well, which is what makes it worse. They're, they're in uniforms that you, you're not meant to notice. Yeah. But, oh, look, it, it's the police guy, you know, the, the Hong Kong police guy with the the hat on. and mm. Yeah. Um, mm. uh,
0: it's not sounding like it's got a lot of redeeming features. Yeah. Uh,
1: can i think of a redeeming feature
0: i can't <laughs> sorry think of a... to put you on the spot there there's no
1: redeeming features in this game at it's all. not good it is absolutely dire Maybe the first
0: game was good I we mean, played a bit of the first game there has to be it was a... the one with the zoo oh i thought that was army of Two. Oh, no, no that
1: was army of two forget that we didn't play the first one all right army of two was better and that was bad
0: that was yeah yeah that was hmm.
1: yeah um yeah so, yeah you know it's not very good uh what else can i So what else
0: should you be playing instead
1: Anything. what's better GTA, a good book outside, staring at paint drying, <laughs> staring at a brick wall, <laughs> engaging Closing in British politics.
0: Staring at the back of your own eyelids. Or yeah.
1: Engaging Twitter tw- uh, trolls, all wow. of those other things which are uh, more worthwhile yeah. tasks.
0: Okay. Well, um, I, don't, I don't know what to say then. A resounding no.
1: A resounding no, 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 stay away. But on
0: the plus side, you didn't have to pay for it because it was part of your Xbox yeah, but freebie on, thing. That's true,
1: but on the negative side, they could have given me a better game Could have given you slot. a
0: good game, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, any other game.
1: Any other, I'll take any other game.
0: <laughs> a mediocre game.
1: Yeah, I'll take a mediocre <laughs> game. i take a game I already own. Oh,
0: wow, okay. Well, um, good. I'll, um, I'll... Yeah, put you out of your misery and talk about something else. Then I'm going to talk about Elite Dangerous, which Ooh. is what we're doing on the Tuesdays. Still, um, that's <coughs> yeah. I've, I seem to we seem to have been inadvertently dragged and drawn into the storyline, uh, despite my own personal ambivalence towards what Thargoids and whatever the Thargoids are. are a you're theme. a Thargoid? The Thargoid. It turns out I'm not the Thargoid. No, they don't look like us now, oh. which is what I was expecting. But um, no. There's been all sorts of things and all sorts of cleverness and I, I don't know, I don't know if I want, necessarily want to call it an, an augmented reality game as such, but there's a lot of weird clothes and, and hunting and, and leg detective work going on, mostly by this this Canon Interstellar group, who like a yeah. player get player run organization who are really, really into figuring out the puzzles in that game. And and in some way Frontier Development seem to have reciprocated in kind and have sort of taken them on as a kind of personal nemesis, because they're now starting to hide coordinates and clues. In in the sound waves of the special effects of things that are going on, that kind of level, you know, there's hidden hidden data in the in the audio files yeah. of some of this stuff, which you know is sort of bordering on secret world levels of of, of puzzle setting and engagement. But <clears throat> I'm just sort of bumbling along on a Tuesday, and and um, and Zarinil and Embryo there are generally on the ball and have got their finger on the pulse of what's actually going on, and they tend to come up with stuff for us to do. They um, they found us a Thargoid base. Ooh. Yes, yes. You should be looking at some video of this um, going on behind my talking words. Maybe. <coughs> I've I provided it. It's up to you. I get right it every to. week. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't watch. I trust you. But, um, yeah, so we found... Uh, we, we were told the locations of these Thargoid bases, which are fantastic. Planetary installations. Well, I, I use the word installation. So to get there and to do anything meaningful when you get there, you need an unknown artefact. You find you find those from crashed ships, which I didn't. We I didn't go along to get one of those, but there was a little mini expedition to do that. And if you've done that, you can probably find the sort of walkthroughs and steps for all of this on various online sources if you want to have a go yourself. But. So once you got one of these unknown artifacts, which are, theory, you know, it turned out to be somewhat fargoid related. Go to this planet that we I was told to, and and if you get the latitude and longitude right, which is a pain in the ass, it does appear on the HUD when you get into orbital cruise mode. You get the yeah. you plus, you get the plus minus is lat long appear on the HUD. But trying to sort of fly around the planet in such a way that those numbers go up and down in the right, yeah. right fashion is, is a bit is a bit well I, I don't know. It's easy enough if you can do it, but I have trouble. Um, yes, yeah, so eventually if you get within about hundred k's of it. You can see the thing from the base, and it's basically a big sort of spiral, flower-like thing that you can see from low orbit. So you're flying down on it, and it is absolutely huge. It's about it's about five or six kilometres across. Okay. On this this airless on the airless landable SRV yeah. type moons, um, I landed down on the outside edge because I didn't. I was scared it was just going to go whomph and eat me like a bear trap or something. But it's actually much bigger than that. And anyway, so I ended up having to drive all the way. I think what the bear looks. Like. I know. Drive all the way in through the middle. And you've got these massive sort of bioorganic jags and teeth structures post poking up out of the thing. And they're they're huge. They're like um you know, the the art of Roger Dean, you, you know, from Yes album covers or yep, Shadow yep, of the yep. Beast. as early game boxes. It reminds me a lot of that. That Ooh. landscape. Yeah, you're driving through this thing and it's it's distant, it's huge, it it's very much a sort of um, yeah, Ridley Scott type of thing with the. We don't talk about Ridley Scott. do we? Okay. Well, like, like Alien, when, when they're sort of driving up towards the big the, the yeah. crash ship and stuff, it's it's real that immense. They manage to capture that immense sense of scale and grandeur as you're driving up to this creepy alien base. And the, the audio, something about Elite Dangerous is the audio work is just fantastic across the board. I mean, yeah, you know, apart from anything else the game does well, whoever's in charge of their audio is, you know, the sound, the sound design and so mm. on, really, really knows their stuff. Really good. And, and you're getting this sort of weird aliens or whisper you know howling wind type thing going as you're driving through and it is it's really sort of alien sort of feel to it all rather than aliens and mm-hmm. um, and then we managed to get to the central thing, which is this giant sort of flower-like barnacle bulb structure. And that, and that in itself is about, about 500 metres across. And it's got these, these doorways with these like weird alien protuberances next yeah. to them. And if you go near one of these doorways while you're carrying one of these unknown artefacts, and bear in mind these unknown artefacts corrode your, your, car, your ship okay. while you're carrying them, so there's a bit of time pressure. You Are check... you considered bubble wrap? Well, some of, the, some of those... One I can of, see them. I think one of the engineers...
1: Throw them out can... back from... bring them on a uh, trailer.
0: You could do that, yeah, or you could go to the engineer who can modify your cargo bay to withstand the corrosion. Okay, yes, that would see. that's probably the better plan. Yeah, um, yeah so and you should do that well, rather than my plan. Embryo did that. He's, Turns out my plan's rubbish. Our tour guide had that covered. It was it was fine. Um, so yeah, you go up to the doorway with the thing in your hold on your little buggy, and the door iris is open, and you can drive inside. Okay. This thing. These are enterable structures. So there was a load of us all in our buggy, sort of one at a time through the door. No, stop pushing. Ah, it's, well, you know, sort of carry on up the Thargoid base. <laughs> it it was
1: yet another military precision <laughs>
0: exercise. Yeah, it was out of It, time, yeah, uh, it turned, it turned from the uh, psychological alien terror of, of Ridley Scott to the uh, the, the weird uh, Dad's Army style farce of a carry on film in quite a short order. Anyway, you drive around inside this base, and inside are various different chambers with weird tendril, energy tendril Things coming out the walls and weird sort of almost Geiger-esque sort of fluting to the the walls and stuff. You can see some of this on the video. And if, in one one particular um, Thargoid base has a load of artifacts knocking around. There's like a, okay. a, a sort of three different artifacts, and in the middle there's a giant sort of very sort of somewhat phallic and quite disturbing and um, Geiger-esque. Geiger-esque, yes, but also quite ominous control pedestal. You drive your buggy into this green light and next to it a spinning hologram thing appears and that shows you one of these three objects. So you go looking around the base, find the objects, put them in and throw them out of the SRV, (laughs) jettison them so they land in the beam. Okay. And then God knows how anyone worked any of this out. (laughs) I mean, it's just insane. So once all three things are in the beam they use your data link scanner on the suddenly lit up middle pedestal thing and then Boom! Massive star map Ooh. appears in the sky. The galaxy spiral yeah. thing. Very Prometheus, you know.
1: Ah. Uh, uh, we don't mention Ridley Scott.
0: Okay, good. Why don't we mention Ridley Scott?
1: The The Last Alien film.
0: Okay, fair enough. Oh, no, you just don't mention that film. Oh, we can't anyway, forget it. So yeah, and so and then, yeah, this star map and it's just showing loads of spirals with the light, lights on and stuff and presumably that's a clue or a hint or a portent for whatever comes next. Whoa. Yeah, I, do, I guess so, yeah. I mean, all the way through her, the, the season two of uh, Elite Dangerous, they, they've had this sort of 2.5 question mark, question mark, question mark. So 2.1 was like Engineers, then there was Guardians and then there was the multi-crew thing. They've been doing massive, major content releases throughout the year as all part of the Horizons season pass. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's been very much worth the money. The, the, the There's eng- an awful lot of going in. The Engineers, at the very least, is worth it because that gives you mid-term questing-type gameplay to, to occupy yourself with, and the SRVs are fun.
1: I think it's definitely worth the money.
0: The fighters and multi-crew's good, yeah. And then this last massive content drop, which everyone thinks is going to be Thargoids, and we've been seeing loads and loads of build-up because of it. You know, this base. And we, after we did that, it all reset itself, and then uh, Bruce says, try putting them in, in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so we, we round up all these widgets and put them in the obviously wrong receptacles each time, and it just... Oh, no, 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 no! not not putting them in the wrong order. It's, you, you put a Guardian artefact in there. I don't really understand who the Guardians are, but they're... I think they some kind of other they're like the Vorlons to the Thargoid oh, Shadows. That's... I yeah. think there's some kind of other fa- other power out there. So this Guardian artifact goes in the receptacle, and the other two go in, and the thing goes mental. We're talking absolutely insane, massive, like, blast laser beam that keeps pulsing AOE knockback everywhere. Really terrifying <laughs> to watch as well. But it's really interesting. I mean, you know, when you, you sort of, you know, have an evening doing all that sort of stuff. And remember, we're doing all this as a team as well, yeah. and we managed to actually get, you know, we had a bit of minor syncing issues with the instancing, oh, as cool. you as usual. <laughs> I don't remember an evening where we've had uh, no problems at all with the networking code, to be honest. But uh, you know, w- when it does work, it's amazing because a lot of five of us landing in different ships all around this alien thing. And then we're driving out there, and it really felt like you know, yeah, exactly, like an aliens movie or something. You know, you, you're starting to ca- sort of suspend the disbelief, starting to get that sense of wonder. It's almost like you're there. It's yeah, very good. I mean, God knows what it was would it be like with a headset and stuff on if you are you know actually in there with the goggles. I should know. oh, give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should be. You should we play more of this? I think because you have got the hardware to make Don't the most. do playing games. Well, quite, yeah. but um, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, in a way, it's trouble is going back to just you know doing delivery missions next week or whatever. You know, kill lots of pirates community goal or whatever. After that, it's going to be a bit of a letdown. So yeah. we'll see. I'm, I find myself compelled enough to definitely stick it out till this 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 sort of end of end of season two drop comes along because if this is like you know just mid midway patching just the warm-up keeping you going stuff yeah what's the big final thing going to be it's probably going to be some massive galaxy-wide thargoid war who knows most likely
1: yeah i I like thargoids kill them I used to try and get into which space yeah, on purpose. No, they they
0: there's such a thing called a hyperdiction. They do. They are actually yanking players out of jump yeah. frame shift, and and these giant flower like spaceships are just doing these really terrifying scans and then disappearing and letting people go. You know, which is, in some ways is more terrifying than if they just <laughs> opened fire and destroyed you on site. So, you know, it's it's everyone's everyone's up in arms and everyone's guessing and wondering what's coming next. And it is it's interesting. It certainly is. I'm 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 enjoying it a lot. I mean, I'm still not necessarily enjoying it enough to be playing on my own solo journey. In the week though uh, you know it's, it's very much about the camaraderie and the spectacle yeah, of it for yeah. me i mean just the you know log in and earn a couple of million credits going backwards and forwards doing missions i've got my rank up to uh four federation rank oh i need to do the actual rank mission which i got fine it hasn't come up yet yeah. but um once i've done that i should be allowed to go to earth oh. which will be good you there. yeah yeah you've been there all along haven't you yeah mm. I hope everything people cracked up to be. Oh, it's, it's it's brilliant. Land yeah. of milk and honey. It is made of gold. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be good. But yeah, so I'm still playing Elite Dangerous and seeing some fantastic things at the moment. Over to you.
1: Okay, I've been. You know, I mentioned the other week uh, about Horizon Zero Dawn uh, stopping yes. me from logging into the <clears> PS4. Yeah. Because um, it's just sitting there like a landmine. I decided to have another go at it, and you know, it tried. sounds like
0: a fascinating game.
1: It is. It's fascinating. It looks gorgeous. The plot's brilliant. It's just really interesting and great. Yeah. The only problem is the game.
0: <laughs> the game
1: gets in the way. The game
0: itself is is a bit. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But the problem I've got at the moment is I've got a uh, quest to do, which is level two levels below me. Yeah. But to get to it, I've got to get past stuff which is a couple of levels higher than me. Okay. And that's really annoying me. And the save system's terrible, so when I die, I end up being sent back to the start and I have to go for it all again. And Yeah, it, every aspect of the game winds <laughs> me up. Ah. And I don't like the game. I love the game. I don't so like the, the game. Bits. The setting, the story
0: yeah. is all interesting, but the mechanical. If this
1: was a linear mm. um, uh, Uncharted style adventure, yeah, I'd be all over it. Yeah, but yeah. no, and then it sounds it, like a fascinating premise. Yeah. And then, then it's give me another round. Then it, it comes to these a bit. It puts you into a bit where you end up being in an enclosed area of lots of stuff you got to kill, yeah. and the game screams, "Right, this is a stealth game now." And then gives you absolutely no stealth game tools apart from you can stand in this grass and not be seen. Yeah.
0: The
1: controls are way too rubbish for a stealth game the the camera is abysmal you'll be doing a fight and then the camera will just get stuck on something and you won't be
0: able to see well this is the thing any game at all is a stealth game if it has monsters that can aggro you yeah but yeah from an actual stealth game you're expecting tools decoys distractions some mechanism to determine where they're looking radar, it's whatever. it's got a lot of these things light Jim. But- yeah, you you arrows.
1: can you can look at the uh, for some of the monsters you can look at the trails that they take when they patrol. You can mm-hmm. look at their patrols. That's really good. Yeah. If they get t- close to you in cover, you can insta kill them, which is good from covering it's, it's yeah. like a backstabby type thing. That's good. But then you have got the really big ones. And then you have got three really big ones, which are slightly too le- higher level for well, you. I mean, in the and st- then you just think, okay, I've go must, off and level up now, and must I can't you be Yes,
0: in, in stealth yes. games, typically a lot of it is about getting around people without being. No, you
1: have to kill you them. Are, you, you have you have to Can't not to get past. And and then
0: presumably there's no convenient backstab on a giant monster that's stomping along. Yeah.
1: And so you don't have to go off and level up, and at that point, I'm thinking I can't be asked for this. I don't want to have to go and kill yard trash and <laughs> well, do the other quests just to get up to the point where I can do the next bit in the plot. This is really annoying me, and sounds the like, game is really, really annoying me.
0: Well, if the business of leveling itself isn't fun, then yeah, no, you know, it's right. not. The, yeah.
1: Everything is fun apart from the game bit, <laughs> it's an open world, and it doesn't need so you to might, be. It sounds it's like it's you almost want to just
0: go away and watch a YouTube of all the cutscenes or something, yeah, yeah.
1: All I really want to know is does it end up in Cayenne Mountain? Because the moment I got to. Uh, uh, it's uh, more Stargate. Well, no, you start off by walking north. Yes. After coming away from this underground bunker. Okay. You don't know really where you are apart from that you're in Colorado. Mm. Thinking back in my brain, oh, I wonder where that what is. What else is in Colorado? So then I get to Denver, find the uh, stadium, and think, okay, we're directly north of Colorado. Oh, okay. <laughs> do- that is definitely Cayenne uh, Mountain. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sounds like a bit of disappointment. Then. It's a very big disappointment, and people love this game. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I really, really loved it for the first couple of hours. Well, but
0: the further I get into it, make the less a chore I like of it, it. Then see if you can, you know, every day do five, ten minutes no, of leveling. And eventually, you'll get there. I can't be asked. Well, I might yeah. just uninstall it so and play no, on well, PS4 No, again. it's ridiculous doing homework, yeah. and making a chore of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, don't don't waste any more of your no. precious time on it. Then so terrible game. Like uh, yeah, shame. Yeah, okay. So, wow, Wednesdays don't do anything. Thursdays is the Minecraft. How yeah. do you think that's going? Oh, I think that we're getting close to the end. Do you? Yes. Yeah. You, haven't, you haven't blown me and the base up in quite a while yet. Not both oh. of you. Oh, is this... Uh, yeah, it's difficult to talk about because we don't know how far how far it's published. No,
1: uh, it's a couple of weeks until they see the big hole in one of the... Pla- well,
0: the <laughs> oh, small so remains cross. of one of the platforms. I was beyond cross. I was just in this calm... Placid waters of, of resignation and acceptance, really. Yeah,
1: and people on Slack in the Minecraft. Yes, uh, yes. Will, will have seen the.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't even passive aggressive. No, no. no. I, I basically placed. Yeah, well, you'll see it. But yeah, yeah. So that's still going. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we're getting some of the end end gameish stuff done, but there's a lot of really really bonkers out ex- because basically the the sky sky factory mod thing we're working on is is got a quest book which functions as a kind of directed goal thing a bit like the book we had in the regrowth thing but this book this book is a lot less prescriptive it is just a bunch of ticks and it doesn't even check you can tick them or not it's up to you, yeah. you know you cheat if you're cheating then you're fine whatever but so it's it's all about more challenges and, and technical accomplishments uh, which are unlocked by getting the rest of the stuff together as you go and we're getting most of the way there we're getting some of the much bigger stuff done huge batteries weird reactors and visiting strange places and killing weird monsters and so on. I don't know how much longer it'll go, though.
1: No, I think we're getting close to the end because we've mainly got to the point where it's only the big stupid things we need to do.
0: But those sound like they will need a complete retooling of our production infrastructure to be able to get done. Yeah, but we,
1: that's the sort of thing we do during the week mm. and leave it running during the week. So I think that... Um, it's going to be a series of Quick Shop episodes where we just do tasks. <laughs> yeah. Like Here's yeah. all
0: the we get all those materials ready and then Yeah, we'll, we'll do just build it. it. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be it. That'll and Blue Peter.
1: And so um, I I think we will be over by Christmas.
0: Ah, home by Christmas. That'll be nice.
1: It's not annoying me as much as uh, Regrowth did to at this point, um, but Yeah. Uh, it is still quite annoying to play. Mm.
0: Yes, well, you know, it depends on who you're playing with, really, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and I know it gets annoying to watch. Yes. Yes. But anyway. Good luck um, for you're also sticking out.
0: Yeah, so Friday. Friday's... Uh, we're doing Tabletop Simulator now. Oh. Yeah, we finished that game of Eclipse in the end. We yeah. got the second part Ooh, done. Well. It was it, it was exactly two sessions in the end. Each each so far is a uh, gain of nine turns, and we stopped on five. So, yeah, yeah, two sessions did it, and there was... There, we're talking three-hour three hour sessions of an evening, so, yeah. Um, uh, I came last... Yeah, yeah, as expected.
1: Uh, Did you by any chance not engage with any of the other players and play along the rules and just did your own thing?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I turtled up. Um, I would have won but basically the the way the galaxy explored its way out I found myself with a basically big long tendril with one choke point so I thought right, stick all the star bases and dig in on there and then use this to just keep generating the victory points. And I was building monoliths and trying to generate victory points like that and it was working but my section wasn't large enough as it turns out in the end. And then of course towards the end and uh, Embryo decided to test my my uh, my fortress star system yeah. with his vast vast cruiser navy, and he he beat it very quickly with a, an uncanny number of sixes rolled on his weapon dice. So that didn't help either. So uh, I ended up last, and I think he ended up like second as a result. And I think Escar was third, and I think Wish won in the end. But and I think to be honest, the reason Wish did that was because he had the largest territory at the start. Yeah. I mean, there was a few aggressive moves here and there across the board. It wasn't a very fighty sort of game, but. Very good though enjoyed it you know i came last whatever it's i just love the intricate little mechanics and lots of little bits and pieces and colored yeah. cubes and spaceships and the hexagon star system exploring mechanics very good as well i do like that the tech stuff's interesting as well i got i gained quite a few points from maxing out one of the tech leads as well but, but ultimately i think it is a game that has been designed around obviously i think to be honest i think the first couple of drafts of that game the first kind of prototypes everyone was just it was turtling up and that's how you won yeah. so i think it must have been tweaked in some fashion to adjust the victory points so that you do have to go out and fight people if you want to win it, um, you know, just from territorial, because if you, whoever's got the most territory is generating points off that territory, so obviously the more territory you've got, the better. But also, the, the the mechanic where you gain a bag of tokens to choose from when you've been in fights... So depending, you know, if you're in a fight, you there's one token you can choose from. If you won, then you have another couple of tokens. Yeah. And if you beat so-and-so, other types of craft. then and, and those tokens really do add up to victory points in the end. So, I mean, there is a lot to be said for just charging around, attacking people and winning. Even attacking people and losing, you're still going to get a choice of some victory yeah. points for participating in a fight, which is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if I play again, I'm going to have to tool up and attack people more, which I don't really like, but you know, that's that's the nature of games. Sometimes isn't it? it has to be done. Yeah. I tend to prefer cooperative games really. I'm not really a fighty sort of person. Um so we played a couple of other things. We played something called Bang the Dice Game. Have yes. you heard of this? I haven't heard it's, of. A, it's, your, it's a very similar to Zombie Dice. Yeah the basic core mechanic, is that you're all cowboys. You've got a hidden role, uh, one of them is a sheriff, and then there's a de- There's a load of deputies, there's a renegade, and there's outlaws. Uh, and so the sheriff wins if he's the last player. No, the sheriff wins if he kills all the outlaws. The renegade wins if they're the last player alive. The outlaws win if they kill the sheriff and the deputies win if they keep the sheriff alive. It's something like that and and these are handed out face down except the sheriff who's face up. Then you also have a character card which has a certain number of life points and abilities on and then basically gameplay takes place by rolling a bunch of different dice and they've got symbols on. There's a one and a two. That means you shoot the person either one space next to you or two spaces next to you so around the table either way. Then there's uh, dynamite. If you roll a dynamite you can't re-roll that dice and if you get three dynamite you, you you take a lot. You take some damage in your turn. It's a bit like the yeah yeah like yeah. Shotguns, the shotguns, bla- the the zombies in zombie the dice, whatever. Yeah, Dalek dice. Mm. Then there's a Gatling gun. If you manage three Gatling guns, everyone except you takes a hit point. Okay. Uh, and and there's arrows. Now the arrow mechanics are interesting. On the table in the middle are nine arrows. These represent the the Indians, and if you roll every time Native Americans. Native Americans. Yes. If you roll a arrow any time you take an arrow from the middle and then you can then you can reroll that you can carry re reroll you can re-roll three times a bit like zombie dice um, and choose which you keep and which you yeah. don't want it um, and if, if, when you run out of arrows in the middle everyone takes a hit point for every arrow they hold. Okay, so it's a kind of sort of accumulator, yeah. and then then they all go back in the middle, and that carries on. And yeah, just the mechanics of it, and the, it, it, there's a certain sort of backstabbery. So you're involved as carrying
1: well. the number of damage you do until somebody else... "How many times have you been?" Well, shot?
0: one of the one of the well, you can't. You, no, because one of the characters, I tried this as a strategy. One of the characters only can take a maximum of one point of damage, no matter how many arrows they've got. Ah. He's like, some sort of ha- half Indian person, and basically when late he rolls, nice American. American. When he rolls the arrows. You can, you can re-roll and try and get lots and lots of arrows. So and try and force the arrows to run out early, which will then yeah. damage everyone else. So, yeah, there's intricacies and, and, and things there. One character, I think, take gains a hit point. Oh, there's a beer on a dice, yes. Every time you, if you can roll a, a beer on a dice, you can gain a hit point back.
1: That's not how that works
0: beer is healing every, beer, beer That's heals really over. Not how that works. I don't know anyway uh, yeah I'm probably doing a terrible job of explaining it all but it's, yeah, it's very good I yeah. found it much more satisfying and interesting than zombie dice as well I know zombie dice is designed to be very quick but it's I just, too quick it's too quick it's just too yeah. you know, nothing meaningless you know all right, whatever dice it's just dice for it's own sake it's a good
1: introductory it. game
0: yeah I mean it's an interesting examination of probability and dice mechanics but this has a bit more strategy and cunning behind it you've got characters you've got roles and then there's a sort of almost like Battlestar guard galactica style thing with the the who's a renegade and who's an outlaw. Because remember, all all those roles are face down except the sheriff. Yeah. So nobody knows who else is what. And the in, in a four player game, you've got two outlaws, one sheriff, and one renegade. And it's in the renegade's interest to keep the sheriff alive until it's just them and the sheriff. Then kill the sheriff because if the outlaws kill the sheriff before the renegade. If the, the renegade loses, yeah. So you've got three unknown roles, one of whom is trying to keep the sheriff alive, and the other two are trying to keep trying to kill the sheriff. And no one knows if who's an outlaw or a renegade until they start working. So that sort of hidden Cylon type gameplay thing, I suppose, secret Hitler as well. You know that uh, trying to work out who's on what side aspect of it gives it a lot more depth than just your normal yeah. zombie dice. You know, did I get three shotguns? You know, whatever. So yeah, that was very good and also quite quick as well. Once you know, obviously once you've learned it and got the flow of it, that's that, that definitely fills a good short middle Short to middle sort of length game type thing that we had there. That's really good. Uh, we played Dominion mostly this week. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah the old, yeah. old card car game there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, we found a one on Steam Workshop that comes with about twenty-five different expansions. Oh, only about <laughs> half of them. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was so we played we played a game where we just picked the random ten suits using the randomizer cards and only from the base set. And that's good because that's the only one I really know anything about. And yeah, did all right there. I can't remember if I won or not, but it was good fun. Enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Um, Then we had a load of extras coming from these random, these extra decks, and there's one, there's like duration cards on some of them, where you play, you you can play a thing and it stays on there until the next turn, there's, uh, there's, there's victory card. There's like a lord's, uh, noble's victory card that is actually one of the suits as well. And okay. It, it it can it's an action and victory points yeah. at the end. So one of them was a treasure with an actions on it as well. So you know there's just all sorts of all sorts of interesting ideas and those were some of the least uh, crazy that i mean that mean we didn't. They were saying oh we don't want the one with potions in like what. <laughs> <laughs> there's rings a bell. potions, there's one with the seaside, there's one with like, oh there's, there's, there's all sorts of, and there was a whole load of extra weird tokens on the side I didn't recognise as well I mean, it's a game with a lot of expansions which I think, well, I guess obviously adds to the longevity of it Or I mean even with just the basic game, because of the way you draw ten different action card types to begin with from a randomised deck of about twenty or so the permutations of each game become quite different, yeah. so you, you yeah. build up an overall strategy and understanding of the flow of the game, but for any given game you've got ten completely different sets of cards there that that will work together differently and interact in certain ways and it's being able to react and deal with that as well which gives it its replay value I think it's just a really good solid game very well constructed I mean it's a bit fiddly in tabletop simulator more than many other games because you're having to cards. Cards are hard work in tabletop simulator. They work but a game so extensively based on cards like Dominion or anything like that, Thunderstone I suppose as well where you're constantly having to Reshuffle and redeal and deal deal deal, yeah. deal reshuffle deal 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 reshuffle constantly as you're going around the whole time. It's not just oh, we'll deal some cards out at the start and then there's a stack and occasionally you'll pick one like yeah. in Waterdeep or something. the even in Magic, yeah, the cards are constantly on the move in 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 Dominion and and that gets a bit. We were picking the whole stack up instead of one card yeah. a lot and you know we trying to work out where to deal them to and flip the them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite. It was it, we're getting the hang of it though. I mean, just the physical business of manipulating the pieces for. A card game in tabletop simulators perhaps not its forte i mean it's, i think it's better with a board and pieces generally
1: it's sort of what it is designed for
0: yeah yeah but it works it yeah. works well enough once you get the hang of it and yeah very enjoyable i mean, like that a lot so uh yeah we i i, I don't know what we're going to be i think there we were talking we were talking about getting one of the dlc ones as uh, well. one i think i can't remember what it's called now but it's essentially a kind of uh, like elite but as a board game, space trading thing. Okay. But not not Vast Empires, more yeah. single shipping yeah. stuff. And that, that looked quite interesting. That's one, the one you actually buy from the Steam Workshop. I mean, it's, I sort of feel a bit weird about that, a bit ambivalent. Obviously, most pretty much everything in the Steam Workshop for Tabletop Simulator is a, is a pirated version of an actual board game. And some, some people are fine, some companies are fine with it, and others just haven't been told it's there yet, so haven't issued the appropriate DCMA takedown. But... Um, but then they also sell actual board games yeah. as, you know, official board games through, through tabletop simulators, any DLC shops. None I've heard of, no. I think they're all quite smaller game companies, but I don't know many, so I'm you know i probably not the person to ask, but I didn't recognise any mm-hmm. of the ones in their, their download store. But these will be just, you know, games people have come up with and, and are selling through the shop. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and uh, only one person needs to actually own the thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, so I think Emrea was going get, to get that one and perhaps... Give us, we'll, we'll give it a go. Yeah. And see how that is. I sort of feel, you know, I feel like I ought to be contributing in some fashion, but yeah. <laughs> like, but then I, you know, what would be the point? I I don't know many people in real life, as it were. <laughs> don't go out much, so there wouldn't really be a lot of point me buying all of these different board games, particularly since you you own most of them. Um, <laughs> or you know, like the board game nights I do go out and play, they, they, everyone's got all the board games already, so I wouldn't really. I don't know. I feel like I ought to contribute, but. I don't know. There's just a lot of free stuff out there, so <laughs> try that.
1: Ah, uh, the the. Uh,
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah, but but um, yeah, still very impressed with the system and the, uh, the the yeah the the engine itself, the platform, Tabletop Simulator. Well worth the purchase. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you remotely know anyone online you want to play board games with, that's the it's the it's the business for it. So yeah, I'm 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 still quite hopeful about Twilight Imperium at some point. Uh, but I think we'll need to take a run-up at that. It,
1: it's probably not as bad as you think.
0: Uh, yeah, i got a suspicion. I think it's it's that sort of wall of rules reading, isn't it? Yeah. That, that crack it all out of the box, press the pieces out, and there's just hundreds of bits. And Was that one we were playing Prodigal's Club? Well, yeah, uh, no, you must have no, missed that one. There's, yeah, prodigals' Club's fascinating. It's essentially three different board games you play all at the same time, <laughs> all of which contribute to your final score. <laughs> and, and some of it's, yeah, I mean, it, there's sort of, the backstory is that you're a sort of Bertie Wooster type out to ruin your fortune in a Brewster's Millions kind of way. And you, you do this in three different arenas. One's, one's stock market, I think there's a property thing, and then there's a society bit. And each of these games has slightly different mechanics and different rules, and you're trying to play them all at the same time. It's a of work- Placement thing. You've got little top hats you put on different areas, a bit like Waterdeep. Yeah. But each of the different uh, three different arenas, as it were, plays in a slightly different way. And your final score is the one you did worst at. Okay. Which compels you to try and take, pay attention to yeah. but all three or two. I mean, the simple version has two of the different boards you play at the same time, or the the super duper version where you play three at once. And yeah, I, I mean, I forget the specifics of the individual boards in question, but they, you know, they require you to bring quite different tactics and skills to three different board games all going on at the same time, and that was absolutely bonkers. But then, as we were playing, as you get going, the the, the flow starts picks up. You, yeah, you get the turn sequence on the go, and by the time you're into the sort of eighth or ninth round, you understand how to play it, and then you'll put it away in the box and not come back to it for that another, is the <laughs> another four months.
1: Game replay. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, uh, it, it's, it's a it's a hobby that doesn't really reward diversity. You you, you get good and practiced and know, know certain games well.
1: Well, it's like Lords of waterstick We've played that how we many times? We've we play played
0: that, that one a lot. we play that a fair bit. And, and on Tabletop Simulator yeah. as well, we play it a fair bit too, yeah.
1: But that's because it's nice well-known easy to explain easy to get into game
0: yeah so so the pick up, uh, you know when we pick it up and try and play again because we've been playing it fairly recently it's not so bad but and and yeah we start to understand ways the ways to play it well what each lord card means and what one determines in, in strategy and how, how best to, to work with that what's a good move to do where do you want you know when do you want to steal the first turn marker or when's not a good time for that sorts of things, but then if you're playing, say, I mean, Eclipse. I don't know. We enjoyed it certainly, but there's so many other games to try. So I'm not sure when we'll be back to Eclipse again. And, and at that point, we're gonna. But then I think we sort of picked it up relatively quickly because it is not actually that difficult. Yeah. Um, but yes, lengthy. It took two sessions. Uh, I imagine. I imagine Twilight Imperium can't be that much more complicated because fundamentally it's a similar kind of game. You are. It's, it's, it's space empires, spaceships, hexagons, space yeah, no, sectors. It, it's
1: slightly more complicated and grander and scale. Yeah, on. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to and trying it. And the box it. is a lot bigger.
0: Well, quite, yeah, yeah. But we found we found a module on uh, Steam, so we'll, we'll give it a go at some point. I'm you, sure. You've
1: probably lost your three plays. It's not as bad as people say.
0: Well, that was the good thing about Eclipse as well. We we thoroughly tested the load and save feature. Yeah. which is great. Like I say, I mean, like I said before, it, it it trumps physical gaming in in that sense because you can just take an, a snapshot of the world and then immediately fire that straight back up again. Yeah. Whereas you know, otherwise you'd have to leave the board on a table somewhere, and next time you will get together, hopefully no one's fiddled with it and you can remember what you were doing so so it allows for much longer sorts of games to to be played over multiple sessions very well i'm, I'm very impressed yeah very impressed with that so yeah i think we're definitely gonna be tabletop simulating for quite a while mostly because i'm just not that fascinated by mmo projects at no. the moment i mean i i don't know i'm dabbling a bit with i, I, I downloaded and had a quick go at warframe it's yeah. quite interesting. I, I, I'll talk more about that on another show, I think. I'm not sure it's a static loop thing, but it's, it seems to be a PC Destiny. Yeah, just not as good. Well, I don't know. I've never, play, I've never played Destiny because I only own a PC, see? You'll better play Destiny later this year, then. Destiny 2, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Anyway, but, yeah, in general, I mean, you see big, big announcements. I mean, Lord of the Rings Online, they're off to Mordor finally. God, how long's that taken? I mean, the bloody... The Hobbits got there in the books much quicker than that.
1: I I hate to say it, but my interest in Lord of the Rings is uh... beyond
0: below zero. It's well beyond my reach now. Yeah, you get the Founders Pack or special pre-order or whatever and you'll get an instant level whatever character, but that's not the point really. The point is I wanted to experience my way through the entire journey and I fetched up somewhere in Rohan maybe or the top of the Great River and there's no way I'm going to slog through the rest yeah. of where it, what it takes to get back to where it is. And that goes for pretty much any MMO. I mean, Rift's got a big expansion thing that they're having to give away for free now because apparently no one really <laughs> cared. Um, you know, I mean uh, World of Warcraft does what. What World of Warcraft does, and Eve does, what Eve does. Yeah. I mean, I've just sort of bounced off it all, and there's, there's not really any uh, coming MMO. I mean, certainly in terms of new MMOs coming, there's a whole load of kickstarty vaporware stuff, possibly, yeah, which is all three
1: years out and.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and maybe it'll be good, but I'm just don't not, you know, I'm not interested in what's out now, let alone what's coming in three <laughs> years, as if you know, if all the stretch goals are met. So, uh, yeah, I just, just it's hard because you know, I, I just I'm not really just thinking about these things as things I want to have a go at or not. I'm I'm also regarding them as potential candidates for a static group nights. Yeah. You know, there's eight or so of my friends or whatever we want to go and do a thing together, and so many of these MMOs are just hard work for doing that so you're not meant to play mmos with friends well you're not meant to play mmos with pre-existing friends yeah. mmos are designed to yeah obviously they want you to make friends in there with group finders and you know shared group content and all the stuff it. but the point of an mmo is is always been the cynical exercise in making sure that you require the mmo in order to maintain your friendships yeah so, But we, we've transcended that. Our, our little static group is essentially a, a social club that's based around a common Slack and Mumble channel now, and no one game is responsible for us being friends. And they can't touch us. They can't offer anything specific beyond that. Oh. So there you go. It's uh, <laughs> it's a long journey to get there, but, yeah. it's. So I don't know, keep an eye out for things that might be a bit of a giggle, but... Uh, don't know. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm thinking probably. I'm doing a lot of outdoor stuff at the moment. I should be on Mount Snowden this weekend, but the weather was a bit, uh, a bit deadly, <laughs> mur- murderous. <laughs> so I might be going a different weekend. But but I'm going doing outdoor stuff, and my weekends are you know busy and stuff. But I think. When autumn comes and the evenings draw in and it's no longer suitable for hiking, I might think about trying to start up some pen and paper again. You know, that's not a bad idea. I, I've been missing that. I've been I've been thinking about thinking, thinking about the old uh, gming role playing and stuff, and that I works give, well on Mumble. I can lend you
1: my copy of the Star Trek role playing game from the eighties. Star 80s. Trek role playing game, Whoa. the one from the eighties where when you roll your character, you roll their entire uh, education <laughs> career through Starfleet Academy.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I mean I was thinking more Newman era, but yeah, Starfleet uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know, so yeah, but I'm just less and less I don't know, I feel like I've I've just bounced off MMOs you know, finally I'm cured, oh yes I'm playing Guild Wars but that's a nostalgia, finishing up business type thing
1: Seems so feel like I'm feeling out about every game at the moment
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's the next, next step you're obviously that much further ahead mm. But let's not think about that Okay, fair enough uh, you got anything to talk about? No, not really. Do the spiel then.
1: Uh, if you go to hadamardatime dot com, you can find the audio version of this entire show with the uh, RSS feed with all the previous episodes you still weird
0: and hijinks with cutting things up. Yeah. And
1: or you can go onto YouTube where you can find this show broken up into segments, but with video attached. Uh, or you and you can also catch our uh, Minecraft adventures. Yes. In um, gosh, there are Minecraft, Minecraft adventures. adventures. Yeah. I'm not sorry. I am not sorry. You never are. That's the problem. I didn't mean to. I missed one block. (laughs) One tiny block.
0: Yes, yes. Well, it won't happen again. It will.
1: Uh, Yeah, and and you can also go on to iTunes, leave us a review and um, things like that. And uh, join us next time when we'll be talking about more games.
0: See you later. Goodbye.